They're world famous in Perth. And they've just popped in for a cuppa and a chat. Welcome to Katie Lamb's Perthanalities. Back. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Katie Lamb. This is Personalities, the podcast episode nine. And today's personality, a real go-getter. You know those people who are just constantly challenging themselves and planning the next big thing, uh, whereas I'm just like planning my next big meal. You know what I mean? Uh, this guy broke the Cape to Cape 128-kilometre ultramarathon record just this year in 15 hours, 43 minutes minutes and six seconds. That sounds disgusting. But he's not stopping there with a goal of climbing Mount Everest in the near future. His name is Mackenzie Burgoyne. Welcome to you, Macca. Thanks very much for having me. Excited to be here. Oh my God. So you beat the record by about 12 minutes, right? Yeah, 12 minutes. It was pretty tight in the end. A bit of a nervous last couple hours there. So Talk to me about the journey from start to finish and sort of the struggles along the way. Yeah, so it was pretty rough. We started about 5am and you cover a lot of beach section in those first uh, couple stretches there. Actually did a bad job at my map skills and lost about 10k for the first checkpoint. So it was a bit of a stressful first few hours. My, My crew wasn't quite ready. They'd only just rocked up at the car park when I rolled in and, you know, they thought I'm smashing it. I'm like, I'm actually... Lost. 10k i'm lost a little bit here oh, no. um but yeah after that we went through the sand for a big stretch uh and started to get tired as like the sun came up it got quite hot there so starting to struggle in those middle sections managed to get them to pick up a big bag of ice chuck chuck that in the uh in the backpack to cool myself down and started to ease my way back into it we lost pace on the record for a little bit of a while there but yeah sped up in that back section once the sun went down it was much easier to make our way through. So you have to actually, there's no trail. I just assume there's like a trail that you follow. How did you get lost? Yeah, so there's a trail that you follow, but I'd uh, planned my crew to meet me at set locations, giving them time frames of when I'd right. be there in order to stock up food and stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, came in and I'm like, okay, there's we're 10K short on my watch at the moment. I don't know what's going on. Uh-huh. And I found that other extra 10K pretty quickly on the next uh, section. So then, <laughs> you know, I had another two hours to run in that next section that I wasn't quite expecting and wasn't ready for but um yeah all in all it, it went well after that that one hit you early on in the day and uh excited to come home with the chocolates so you meet your crew sort of along the way you eat food you you know drink obviously water along the way what are you eating during that time so i eat a lot of like dried fruit but honestly on those ultra marathon efforts it's just about mixing it up because right. you're gonna get you know six hours ten hours into something like that and you're going to hate all the food that you bought. So you just want to get as much variety as you can. Heaps of, um, you know, muesli bars, dried fruit, lollies, lots of like calories on board with your water as well with any of those like hydration powders, whichever one, you know, suits best. Yeah. You know, some uh, some cans of energy drink to keep you going and, um, you know, bag of chips, anything like that. Anything that you can sort of get down in those late stages is going to be beneficial. How long do you actually rest for? You not know. long, not long. Like uh, ideally I was aiming for like three minutes. I think, you know, a couple in the later stages was getting up to like 10. But yeah, yeah you really just want to get in, get restocked and get moving again because it's not really about who can go the fastest the whole time. It's just who can slow down the least, I guess. So what's your like celebratory meal? Did you smash down a burger? Like what did you do afterwards? I wanted to hit the pub for a few beers and yeah. a pizza, but <laughs> honestly I was just absolutely wrecked. I couldn't eat for... God, the next 12 to 20 hours, I had, I had this real swollen throat. Every time I tried to swallow it, you know, it was just quite painful. I've never had it happen before and hopefully it don't happen again. But um, 
yeah, could barely eat for the next day. So what happened? Like, what was it? Did you have to go to the doctor? No, I just sort of dealt with it. I tried to get some, you know, drink some smoothies or something that had some calories in there for mm. the next day and eventually, you know, disappeared. So I think it was just the, the overall stress of the day and trying to consume a lot of calories in that one day, obviously just, you know, wasn't a good mm. idea. What's training for an ultra marathon? 128 kilometers, by the way, yuck. So <laughs> how long did you train? I guess you've done so many marathons in your time. So your life has basically been training. But um, for this in particular event and to break the Cape to Cape record, what does your training schedule look like? So I'm typically a road runner. So I prepped for the Perth Marathon, which was, you know, about three weeks out from the Cape to Cape event. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting injured after that. So I didn't, I barely ran in three weeks in the lead up, but typically uh, an hour most days. And then, you know, Tuesday, Friday, Sunday would be two to three hours more so. Uh, get your strength work in. You're doing a mixture of like intervals, long running, uh, just easy running. Uh, and then, yeah, your leg day is super important to stay injury-free, but just total volume of training across the week, probably 15 to 16 hours. Yeah, wow. And how, how far are you actually running each day? Probably on average like 15K a day, and then a big day would be, you know, almost 30. 15K a day, God. <laughs> I can't even get to five at this point, I reckon. 15Ks. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, uh, gets to be, you know, a bit monotonous at times, but yeah, I don't know. You find your meditative state. You just get out there in the morning and, and get it done. You would have to be so mentally strong to conquer something like this because were there times throughout the Cape to Cape when you were just like, I'm going to have to pull out or did you ever think that you were going to have to bail out of it? Absolutely. There was times where I didn't feel like I was going to get the record anymore, which was pretty disheartening, but right. I'd, uh, you know, I'd had my crew down there. I'd, we, we were filming a documentary, so I had a f- whole f- film crew down there as well. I'm like, okay, look, if I'm not going to make the record, at least I'll get a good video out yeah. of it or something at the end of yeah. the day. So yeah. there was those times, yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to get the record, but at least, you know, I'm going to complete it and I'm going to give it my all. But it definitely is the mental toughness side of it is the most important, I think, because as long as you do keep moving forward, you will get there eventually. But it's just about keeping on going when it's, you know, getting really tough and, you know, when it's getting hot or you've got to get up a hill or something that, you know, I'm running past snakes and stuff and scaring, Ugh, scaring nah. me and having to keep going after that is where it gets a bit hectic, I think. Are you scared of snakes? <laughs> I'm not scared of them when they're a little bit away, but they got a bit they're too like, close to comfort on this one. <laughs> why? Why would I thought snakes are meant to scurry away when you're like, especially when you're, you know, running? Yeah, I think like I just turned a corner and he was right there in the oh, middle of the path. Oh, God, that um, would have been me, done. That's the closest I've ever got to, to uh, yeah, big tiger in the end. Um, oh, usually they're, they're straight off the path, which is good. But he was, uh, I think maybe he was having a nap in the sun when I came around the corner there. <laughs> Um, what is your documentary called and when's that coming out? Is it already out? So yeah, it's coming out now. So you can find okay. that on my Insta- Instagram, which is Coach Macca. Uh, it's called Resilient Strides. It's a story about both breaking the Cape to Cape record, but also the mindset that comes from doing something like that and trying to just show people that, you know, you can do whatever you want to do in your life. And as long as you give it, give it your all, you're going to be able to achieve that goal. So the Cape to Cape for me was a perfect example. I tried to break it a year earlier. Didn't get there, but learned from that experience, and then went had a had another crack at it, and and came home with the with the record. I can imagine it would have been so disheartening for you when you thought you weren't going to break the record, especially because you didn't break it the year before, and you thought to yourself, "Jesus Christ, I'm going to have to go again until I <laughs> until I break this." So, what was the moment throughout the the run, if there was one, where your team or you was it just a matter of looking at your watch, where you were like, "Oh my God, now we've made up that time." Yeah, just checking the watch at all times and just making sure, all right, we had our our plan A was to finish in X amount of time. This was the average amount of Ks I had to do per hour. 
as we sort of lost that goal, it's like, all right, reschedule. What's it going to look like if we run and we beat it by half an hour? What's it going to look like if we run and we perfectly end on time? Right. And as long as we're ahead of that time, it's like, okay, awesome. We check every hour, every half hour, make sure we're ahead of that, and then we're all sound. I mean, you could have just beaten it by a second. You know what I mean? still counts. Yeah, it absolutely. It still counts. <laughs> but you beat it by 12 minutes. You must have made up so much time. Yeah, once like, the sun went down. Like, how did you find the legs? Yeah, you? once the sun went down, it just, you know, cooled right Kicked off. In. And, yeah. you know, you can start to see that lighthouse on the horizon. You're yeah. like, okay, now I know I'm almost there. Right. And that, that last section as well, I've done a lot of, like, camping trips down there and, and ran along it before. So I, I did have a bit of confidence, which was good. I'm like, okay, now I know what's next, what's around the corner. Even though it's dark, I, I kind of know where I'm going now. So felt a bit more comfortable in that last hour or so. Back with more of Katie Lamb's personalities in a tick. Where did all this start? Like, wind the clock back to when you were a kid. What were you like? Like, how did you sort of become the the man you are today? I don't know if I was quite like this, like yeah. I am now. It's sort of been like modelling over time. But growing up, you know, I've, I've had the most supportive parents. You know, they always believed in us and fostered that independence. Uh, they always told us, you know, whatever you want to do, we'll support you as long as you do it and give it your all, mm. you know. So after school, like I originally wanted to play soccer professionally, they helped me um, get organized and and become the person that could, you know, go to the US. I, I did a college uh, scholarship over there playing soccer. Oh, amazing. There was plenty of hard times over there as well and they always supported me and there was times on that that I wanted to give up and they said, look, if you give up now, now you're the person who gives up and that's going to stay with you forever versus if you can overcome this hard time and, and stick around and, and make it work, now you're the person who can do that and you have that strength to, to overcome these challenges and that's where after that, you know, I didn't quite make it as a soccer player, but I started running. I've, I found out that I was actually kind of decent at it, which was good. Mm. And then I started doing these, yeah, ridiculous things. Like once a year for the past five years, I've done something ridiculous just to keep reminding myself of that, <laughs> of those hard times are going to come. But if you can get over them, you become the person who can overcome any challenge in front of you. So with the soccer scenario, you you wanted to bail out of that and your parents gave you that push to keep on going. And whilst you didn't necessarily make it, I guess you achieved building that mindset that you still have today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it helped me to build uh, the resilience, I guess, is the first step. But just the the fact that nobody else around you or the circumstances around you aren't going to be able to stop you as long as you you know keep moving forward mm. and, and find that power within. There was yeah situations around me that I felt, okay, maybe it's time to pull the pin here. No matter how much work I was putting in at that time, I wasn't quite getting the result that I wanted. Um, and they were like, no, nah, you said you were going to be there for four years in the first place. You got to at least see that out. And if it doesn't come from that, at least you didn't give up. And that's the most important thing. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was really nice. Um, what are your parents like? like oh, they're awesome, yeah. So yeah. They've always been – so we're from a small town, uh, Brunswick Junction, about 150K south of Perth. And they've always been hardworking and incredibly giving of their time as well. Mm-hmm. So no matter you know what needs to get done, whether it's for themselves or for the people around them, they always make that happen. And that's where I believe that I got this uh, – Ability for myself to work hard because they, they ingrained it in us from a young age, but also the ability to, to focus on other people when doing all those things. Like for me, the, the Cape to Cape run was just as much about, you know, achieving this thing for myself, but it was also about, yeah, creating a video and creating a piece that 
uh, will resonate with people to hopefully, you know, inspire them to achieve their own Cape to Cape record. Do you have a family of athletes like yourself or are you just kind of like a bit of a golden nugget? Yeah, I'm, the, I'm definitely <laughs> the black sheep of the family. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, they, everyone, we all have our own thing, I guess. Yeah. We've all had our thing that we wanted to do since we were, we, we were younger and we've all been supported to do that. And the most important thing now is that we're all happy. Uh, your brothers and sisters, do you have what? Yes, yeah, so I've got a younger brother and an older sister. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so older sister, she's got two beautiful kids. Uh, husband lives down south in Brunswick. And my brother, he's a pilot. So he sort of works six months of the year, flies around doing his thing. The other half, he, he travels and does what he wants. Oh, God, how good is that? Yeah, that loving it. That sounds like a dream. <laughs> Love that. Um, okay, well, let's talk about what you're really striving for, and that is climbing Mount Everest. Does it cost like a hundred thousand? Yeah, is it's that- like a hundred thousand dollars to to get to the top. It's pretty wild. And yeah, that sort of popped up years ago. I just got a, a Facebook advertisement to go and climb Mount Kilimanjaro. So I was like, all right, let's commit. Sounds amazing. Um, went for it. Again, I had those struggles in getting to the top. Uh, the, the final summit day was about 12 hours and everything up until that point, I'd felt comfortable. I was like, man, I might be the best mountain climber ever. And then, <laughs> then you get to that, that point and you're like, oh, okay, no, this is, this is where it gets hard <laughs> yeah. uh, and managed to push through, got to the top. I'm like, okay, well, if I could do this logically, there's a, there's a next step and a next step and a next step. And then eventually you get to Everest. Why can't I be the kid from Brunswick Junction who climbed Mount Everest? Oh God. Um, so that's, yeah, that's the sort of goal for me is just show for, show anybody that, yeah, they can do anything. Um, but of course, yeah, Everest being a hundred thousand dollar price tag leads to some complications. So yeah, I wanted to figure out a way to, to get sponsorship with that. Uh, I started, you know, posting on Instagram and I figured, uh, you know, if I can become marketable and I can inspire people to do things, then, you know, someone's going to ideally pay me to do that one day. And then, yeah, when COVID hit, I was like, okay, what's the next plan? I, uh, I launched my business then and now I own a business called Double. We're trying to create the simplest health and fitness solution for anybody. And with that, if I can then climb Everest, now someone can join up to Double and be like, wow, this guy, he came from Brunswick Junction. He wanted to play soccer. Now he's breaking ultra marathon records. Now he's climbing Everest. This guy can definitely help me get healthy. I mean, I feel like you can without climbing Everest, to be yeah. fair, but I love that that's your mentality. Um, so do you have, can you do like a GoFundMe or like how can we help you climb Everest? Yeah, well, I think at the moment um, it's probably a couple of years away from now. The next yeah. step after the Cape to Cape record is to break the Billman track record. Uh, and the same thing, we want to we want to create a film around that. That's a 1,000 kilometres from Albany to Perth. No, uh, I don't think you can do that. No, I don't <laughs> we'll think see, anyone we'll can. See. But hang on, uh, hang on. What's how many, what's the record? It's, uh, I think it's 11 and a half days at the moment. You've gone from 15 hours to now we're talking days. Yeah, days. So No, Macart, please. I did the I'm one so day. I'm so tired. I'm like, why can't I do it for nine, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, oh, God, you want to smash it by two days? That's the goal, I think. Yeah. If, if I anyone the can do it, you literally, high. it will be you. I appreciate it. Cheers. Yeah. So, when are you planning on doing this? April 2025 is the goal. Okay. Um, so, yeah, if I can manage to do that and again, create an awesome film around that and then can start targeting Everest after that and do the same thing. Have you already started training for that? I've, I'm always training. I've actually <laughs> yeah, just this week got question. it back into full training <laughs> after the Cape to Cape. So, I had a bit of an injury hang around, which was a bit frustrating. But, yeah, back onto it now, which is great. 
And then, yeah, spend the next sort of 18 months getting prepared for the bib track. And then after that, it's Everest. So your day-to-day training sort of sets you up for things like Cape to Cape, Bibbulmun track. They don't really differ? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So in the, you know, final few months preparation for the bib track, I might change my training a little bit. Okay. So far, it seems like all the stuff that I do to run a fast marathon works to run a decent ultra marathon as well. I think there is specifics, but like I said, a lot of it for me has been the mindset around doing those activities. And I think that's where my strength is. I'm not the fastest marathoner. I'm not the fastest ultra marathoner. But if you put them together, I'm pretty decent at both. And if I've got the mindset behind that, then I can do whatever I want. When we're doing the Bibbleman track, I say we as though I'm coming. I'm not. Um, But I uh, will be supporting you, no doubt. Um, How long do you get to sleep for? You can't stay awake for nine days in a row. I mean, everyone's heard of Ned Brockman now. He's, uh, he's got his book out there. He's talking about how he, you know, was doing 100Ks a day and he was getting, you know, maybe six hours sleep some nights or less or, or more some nights. I'm like, okay, well, if, if he can do that, why can't I do that yeah. as well? Um, obviously, yeah, the conditions are different, nine days instead of 40-something or 50, yeah. whatever he ran across Australia. But, yeah, if I can manage to get, you know, six hours sleep a night, then, you know, I'll be living the dream. My Lord. I would assume that training for something like Everest, though, would be slightly different to just, you know, Cape to Cape, Bibbulmun track. Absolutely. How does that sort of work? I definitely need to get over to either, you know, Nepal or somewhere else that's got some ice climbing and practice that style of stuff. Uh, I've done obviously like the really long hiking and I've Mm. been at altitude, um, but I've not done, you know, your ice picks and and all that in the snow. So that's going to be a different experience again, um, but just waiting until the time is right. Um, Obviously, I've got my running goals and I've got all these other things in the background as well. So, uh, spending two two months over in the snow is just going to be, you know, whenever I can manage to make that happen. But it's on the horizon. The original goal was before I was 30. I got two years to do that. It might be, you know, a couple of years after that, mm. but it's definitely on the way. COVID certainly knocked everyone around really and yeah, delayed. Absolutely. So even I, got a, too- I actually got back from my last mountain uh, in Argentina when COVID hit. So I've got back, I've been in the middle of nowhere. All these people are wearing masks. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> and then I've got on the plane home and they're like, yeah, you just missed that. I'm like, thank God. <laughs> back with more of Katie Lamb's personalities in a tick. You're just recently engaged. Yes, I sure am. Congratulations. Yeah, thank How you very much. How did you much. do that? Yes, I was surprised there. Uh, set up a picnic, had my photographer out there um, down at the Apple Cross Foreshore. So Beautiful. I think she knew it was coming, but the day itself was a really big surprise, which was great. Did she see the photographer in the lurch and that's I, what kind I of I had this awesome story that we were going to my mate's party. It was just around the corner. She was asking all these questions about that. I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to give this up. The biggest, the biggest thing for her, she's like, why are you wearing pants? You never wear pants. I'm dressed up. And uh, yeah, she spots the thing. She's it's like, a oh, pants party. What are you a, talking about? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a great night for someone else to get engaged. I'm like, yeah, this is where we're going. <laughs> that is so funny. So what does she think about you continuing to, to set these goals and push yourselves? And, you know, no doubt she's super inspired along with everyone else. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure you put yourself in, in dangerous situations from time to time, especially something like Everest on the horizon. Yeah, I think it's been important for me to recognize that although these things are difficult for myself to do, it's definitely difficult for those around me to be part of as well. Mm. Um, Shannon was supporting the whole time on the Cape to Cape and my previous ultra marathons as well. And she's going to see me in those really dark times when I'm really struggling and and make sure that I keep moving forward because that's what we both want. Like I want to do it and she wants to see me succeed as well. Mm. So recognizing that it's hard for her has been not a challenge, but, you know, a learning experience, I guess. And then doing these things like the bib track and the and Everest, she's completely behind. But of course, she worries about it Mm. as well and wants to make sure that 
uh, I'm not going to get hurt, at, mm. you know, at the end of the day. So she's got time frames. You know, if I'm uh, going to climb Everest, it can't be when, you know, we've just had a baby or something like that. <laughs> I was and I'm say. like, oh, that's fair enough. Yeah. But other than that, she's, yeah, completely behind it. Um, advice for her, don't watch the movie Everest. <laughs> And don't watch the doco Sherpa. I think uh, we watched it together. She's like, "Oh my gosh, you're not doing this." You can't. Oh my gosh, it's so it's scary. Like, does it, what about you know avalanches and falling and all of these scary things? I guess the difference between people like you are you to see like I can do this and then there are people with different mindsets someone like me I'm never going to climb Mount Everest and I'm at peace with that but I would immediately think about you know all the things that could go wrong how do you not focus on things like that I guess uh for me like I believe in the law of attraction and if I think about the positive outcome then that's what I'm going to attract towards Mm. myself the negative outcome it's out of my control and sometimes it happens like I did fail at the Cape to Cape record something happened it was out of my control but you just got to get on with it at the end of the day. As long as you're fully prepared within yourself to do the thing that you want to do, then nothing's going to hold you back on that. If you let the possibility of a negative outcome hold you back, then that's, uh, you know, you're constantly going to be waiting for that. Even if, you know, just driving down to the shops, you know, God forbid something could happen. Mm. But if you don't think about that thing, I don't know, I, I feel like it's less likely to. You're not attracting those negative uh or the words, vibes yeah, out of the yeah, uni- yeah. universe, I guess. Manifestation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When do you see yourself hanging up the boots? You know, I mean, you can't do this forever and I'm sure your body is like, can I have, can I have a rest? Like how, how when are you going to stop? Uh, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> the things like the Cape to Cape and doing those big adventures, they bring me energy. I think yeah. there's a lot of things that I do in my day-to-day. Some things are like energy drainers and other things are energizers and getting out and and training every day is definitely an energizer for me. It, it lifts me up in the morning and and makes me feel like I'm improving. Um, so if I can continue to do things that lift me up like that, I feel like I'm going to have energy to do them forever. They're always going to, you know, change as I get older. I'm going to need to be more responsible, less uh, risk-taking. But if I can avoid the things, yeah, that, that drain me of energy, I think I mm. can do this forever. I feel like I'm going to see, like, you on the news, you and your future kid are going to be, like, breaking records left, right and centre. Fingers crossed. That would be amazing, right? Worth an athlete in the future. That would yes. be epic. <laughs> um, well, you are so inspirational and your motivation and determination is just completely admirable and I hope that you achieve so much more success, but you've already achieved so much. So just know that you can rest if you want. Like, blink twice if you're in trouble if someone's making you do this. No, you're actually, um, yeah, incredible. So good luck. Keep on pushing. And thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. That was another of Katie Lamb's personalities. Subscribe to the Rush Hour with Embers and Katie podcast in the Listener app to hear more from Triple M's Rush Hour.